<laughs> that was very quick. All right, here we are. Welcome to Happy and Succeeding in the Future of Work. And today we have a fantastic guest, great guy, and wonderful guest, Steve Preston, CEO of Goodwill Industries. And I'm going to just hand it to him to talk about it. And I'm sure you've all heard of Goodwill, but you may know of their thrift stores, but not aware of all the other great work that they do. So Steve, maybe you could kind of just share what you do, what the company's about, and how you're able to help so many people. Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, it's great to see you. And uh, as you know, this is, this is my favorite thing to talk about. We're actually <laughs> celebrating our 120th anniversary this year. And 120 years ago, a Methodist minister in Boston said, I've got to do something to help the poor people in my community. And he started collecting clothes from people to give clothing to the poor. And then he said, you know what? If I let people repair these and clean these and press these, we can actually develop a business that employs people who needs jo need jobs and thereby giving them a more self-sustaining life uh, in, 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 a, in a road for the future. And from there, we became and are the largest provider uh, in the nonprofit sector of workforce development and job placement services in North America. That is why Goodwill exists. It, it exists to provide opportunity for people to move forward in their lives through training, development, and employment. And so uh, we do that two ways. We have over 120,000 employees in our stores. Many of those are people. Yeah, how many? 120,000? 120,000 people, uh, over 120,000 wow. in our stores. It was over 140,000 before COVID, but we have, wow. we have hiring challenges like everyone else. Uh -huh. But many of the people who work in our stores are people that have had challenges in life that make it difficult for them to find other employment. They come to us, we invest in them, we help them grow in their careers and find livelihood. In addition to that, we have over 600 completely separate workforce training centers. These are places where people can either come for specific training for jobs, coaching on how to be more effective in the workplace, resume writing skills, interview skills, um, sometimes technical certifications, all of which ultimately are designed to help that person move forward with their life through meaningful employment um, that helps create self-sufficiency for them and, and well-being for their families. So that's why we exist. We exist to help people move forward in life and, and, and reach their potential. So that is huge. I, I, you know, in terms of the career development, is it across the board or do you focus on any particular, you know, type of folk or sector or, or it's really open to anybody who wants help? First of all, it's open to anybody who wants help. We are definitely a come one, come all organization. So we have people that come to us with very deep challenges in life and people who are pretty much job ready, but maybe need a couple of different skills or support with the resume side. Um, uh, you know, it's important if somebody comes to us to understand what the services are in their local communities because they vary by location. But at the end of the day, um, we cover a lot of ground. So we do a lot of work in digital skills and we have, we've really ramped our, our capabilities in digital skills over the last five years, both through the support of very important uh, partners like Google and other, uh, also through, um, uh, the demand of employers uh, because people need, in any job, they need, they need digital skills. In fact, if you look at the last decade, 
Um, over two thirds of the new jobs created required medium or higher level digital skills. So it's not computer programmers or help desk only, it's people who just need to work in an office or be able to use basic technologies. So digital has, has probably been this, I, I would say the strongest technical skill component that we've advanced, but we have programs for uh, uh, medical skills, for trade skills, in some cases, manufacturing. And then on the other side, we have um, uh, programs that help people with what I would call workforce readiness. Um, if somebody is, is maybe going into an office job for the first time or going into a, a type of employment that they've never been before, especially if they've, if they've had some challenges in life, we wanna make sure that they understand how to navigate the workplace. Um, for a lot of people, going into a workplace can be a bit of a foreign setting. And we want to make sure that they, they have the ability to, to be effective there. Uh, and then we do a lot of work with people in helping them uh, candidate effectively for jobs. So how do you interview? Um, how do you present yourself? Um, a lot of people don't realize how much they bring to the table, actually. Um, and, and we just want to make sure that they, they can present themselves as well as possible. And we give them the resume uh, support and, and interview support and those types of things as well. And then the, the, the last component, I would say, sometimes people need help with other things like, uh, like housing or childcare or transportation. And what we find increasingly uh, with many of the people we serve is if, if they don't get help with sort of those basics, uh, they don't even have the capacity to go through a training program because they, because they have these other challenges in their lives that they need to work with. So it can be a fairly comprehensive and uh, we try very hard to tailor those supports to the individual. And I could see why you have so many people doing it. This is, this is a large undertaking. Um, I, I know from being a recruiter running a search firm, even people who are, let's say, college grads, MBAs, JDs, very accomplished, top universities. It's hard to interview. It's not easy. It, 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 for the outside, it seems easy, but it's really hard. So then if you have somebody who really doesn't have the training, doesn't have anyone to emulate, they don't have any mentors or coaches or someone who could say, hey, here's what you say, here's what you don't say, here's how you come across, it, it, you could easily get left behind. So I could see the value proposition that you have by offering that. You know, that piece alone, that's just one piece, but all the other pieces too, together. But it is, it's, it's a big piece and it's an increasingly important piece because more and more, thankfully, uh, employers are beginning to look past traditional degrees like a college degree or a specific certification to the skills and competencies that are, uh, that that individual has and how those specifically relate to a job. So we've seen a real increase in advertising or in uh, employers saying, these are the specific skills I need to the job for a job. I want to be able to evaluate whether you have those specific skills. Um, the good news is, is it takes a lot of kind of the, yeah. the, the formal degree requirements off the table. But the flip side is we need to make sure that people can convey those skills in a way um, that shows their full capabilities to a potential employer. See, that's what's so great. I remember it wasn't so long ago, and I can't remember who did this or what happened, but it became very political where, you know, People lost jobs and go, well, you should learn to code. And then there is a big, you know, you know, brouhaha, if you will, to say, well, learn how to code. It's not so easy. Yeah. Fast forward, it's possible now, right? So what what was used as derisive mocking term to people, learn how to code, that's not so, you know, come on, that's impossible. 
Now, whether it's code or just learn data analytics or other, other related kind of in, foot in the door tech stuff, that's all possible now, right? And that's what you provide to have kind of people who really maybe don't even know how to work a computer. And I'm not being disparaging to say that to kind of show them, hey, here's how you get on Google. Here's how you get on Facebook. Here's how you get on Twitter. So to get, and then to take the next step, you know, and here's how to maybe learn something, you know, take the first baby step and grow. Is that one of the, you know, I know it's a lot, but is that kind of for a lot of people? Very, yeah, helping very, them? very relevant. So we, we kicked off something called the Goodwill Digital Career Accelerator in 2017. Um, through the partnership I mentioned with, with Google, who's just been a terrific advocate for uh, advancing digital skills with us. And uh, over the first three years of that program, we touched uh, over a million people with some level of digital skills provisioning. A lot of those that's people- a, I that's, a, that's a lot of people. You say that yeah. so casually, Steve. Yeah. No, it's a lot Helping of people. a million people is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of people to help. It's a lot of people. Uh, and, um, and it happens in, through our local organizations, one person at a time. Wow. Uh, and sometimes more than, sometimes you're in a classroom. So maybe it's yeah. 15 people in some cases, yeah. but, but I think the important thing to understand there is a lot of those people really just needed basic skills on how to get on a computer and how to navigate it. Like, how do I get onto it? I mean, yeah. what we don't realize is skills on your mobile phone are not skills on a computer, right? Those are very different things. And, uh, and if you want to enter the workplace uh, or look for a job effectively, you need a different set of skills often. And so it may be just, you know, the initial, how do I get into the computer and how do I do a search online and how do I do emails? Sort of that mid-level is, is, well, how do I use um, workplace tools, you know, maybe word processing or some other things. And then you might go into help desk and then you might go up into programming. So that initial program had five levels of competency and it started with just the introductory, how do I, like, how do I enter this world all the way up to programming? And you can imagine, uh, you can imagine a person who is longing to move forward in their lives, who is restricted in their ability to move up uh, in the employment world, who's, who's got a lot of talent, a lot of desire, a lot of energy, but they're on the outside looking in and they just don't know how to get in. And for us, you know, our digital ecosystem is where we live, right? We, you know, a, a new app comes out, we kind of play around with yeah. it, figure out the value of it, you know, start employing it. If you don't know how to get inside of that circle, you are completely blocked out of an entire trajectory of opportunity that um, may be available for you if you just could move a little bit further forward with the skill provisioning. And what we find is that so many people, when we unlock, when we help them unlock that world, because they're doing the work, right? They're mm -hmm. investing in themselves. They're the, they're the ones that bring the energy and the commitment and everything. All we do is walk alongside them and sort of unlock that and maybe provide training and education. We just see we just see people just, you know, bust through the gates and their lives change. And in some ways, in really remarkable ways. And so, um, and there's so much opportunity in our country to unlock those opportunities for people because, you know, so many are ready, willing, and able, but just don't know where to go or how to get them or what it'll lead to. And with just um, the right kind of support, you know, so many of these problems could be solved. 
not to put you on the spot, but any any success stories come to mind for people who came in, didn't know not, didn't know anything, and all of a sudden they're achieving some great goals. Yeah, you know, we what, one of the fun things about this job is is we get to meet people who've done that. We get to see videos about them. And I, actually, I was just looking at one this week uh, from a woman named Shahira, and uh, she was a woman who came over from Jordan uh, a number of years ago. Uh, she has uh, four children and was in a very difficult home environment. Didn't speak English well. Didn't have a job was completely dependent upon her husband, uh, was uh, unfortunately in a, a domestic violence situation and eventually kicked out of the home and her children were homeless and she was, right? She tells the story about coming to Goodwill and um, trying to enter the Google IT support professional program. And she needed to take past some introductory level capabilities to be able to even work within the program. And she said, you know, the... I, you know, twice I didn't get through the, the, the test, but the third time I got through the yeah. test so I could start the program. And I yelled so loud that I woke up <laughs> all my kids. And, and, and she, she jumped into that program and she grabbed onto it with both of her hands. Uh, she, you know, training in the evenings, which is often the case, you know, before the kids get up or after they go to bed. Um, and she completed the program and she was accepted into a competitive internship program with Accenture. And while she was in that program, she applied for a position uh, and she was offered it. And um, now she's at Accenture. It's completely changed the outlook for her family. You know, and she tells us that, you know, one of her, one of her kids says, mommy, if this is a dream, I don't want to wake up. Right. That's so and amazing. And, and, and I tell the story the way it is because not everybody comes to us in that position of desperation by any means, but, 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 but we had somebody who had limited language skills, limited employment history, was homeless, had nowhere to turn, and within a relatively short period of time, had to work to get up to snuff to you know, be able to navigate the tools, and within a relatively short period of time, has a job at Accenture taking care of four kids as a single mom. And those stories are everywhere. And once again, the, 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 the support is, I don't, want to underline, I don't want to understate the importance and the level of the support. But when you think about getting from where she was to where she is, um, it, you know, it didn't take that much. Now, for some people, it takes a lot more, but it's almost always going to be just completely worth it um, to see the change life and to see the change trajectory and to help a another human being lean into their potential and realize it. But what's really nice to see, it's clearly you help the people, but at the same time, you do get a great feeling yourself, right? By, by watching this happen and taking joy in someone else's achievements to say, oh, wow. For sure. You know, I, there, there's something wonderful about that, right? Where you're like, I, you know, we were part of this to make this happen. And the people in your organization, you know, it's, it's a great feeling when you help somebody. It is a great feeling. And it's a great feeling um, seeing human potential unlocked and seeing people who desire so much for a different, um, a, a different path forward, get the tools and the capabilities 
to empower themselves and move forward. And it brings confidence, it brings self-esteem, obviously it brings, you know, uh, you know financial stability. And, 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 and the other thing I would say, um, and we saw that in this story that I just mentioned, is we saw an intergenerational benefit, right? You know, uh, uh, Shahiri has four children, um, you know, they were affected. I'm sure their lives will be unalterably changed. Uh, and that whole generational impact will be significant. What also, what I find interesting too, and I notice this with my, my kids, it's if you kind of let them do the work and, and you know, put in the time and effort, they appreciate much more. And it seems that's what happens there is that, you know, you're not handing anybody anyway. You're saying, hey, this is going to be challenging. This is going to be hard work. This is no. going to be, you know, difficult and they're taking, they're doing it. They're making it happen. Absolutely. Now people have to be willing to sign up for that and people have to be willing to invest in themselves. And, you know, like I said before, sometimes work after hours or before hours, I will tell you that I think one of the uh, elements of our secret sauce uh, is career navigation support. You know, we often have individuals that are working with people going through our programs to help them, number one, to do assessments of what their needs are, to help them chart out the journey to their goal, and then work with them as they're going through the training and the, the development and the job readiness support. And uh, I, I often get the, the, um, the pleasure of going to uh, you know, local ceremonies where we recognize people who've, who've uh, been able to do great things through our programs. And almost invariably, uh, when somebody like Shahira gets up to the microphone to talk about their experience, they will uh, comment on a person at Goodwill that walked with them through the journey and how critical that human being was for them to get through the journey. And the reason I mention this is because for many of the people we serve, there's no reason that they would expect that there's something great on the other side of this. Many people have not had access to training. Many people do not come from communities where they're networked with people who've gone through this journey. Uh, they don't necessarily understand how acquiring a particular uh, skill set is going to connect with a specific job because, because nobody's ever walked with them through that, that journey before. I mean, you know, when I think about my children, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of walking with, with them every step of the way as they were choosing colleges and thinking of career paths. And, and, we, and, 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 and it's so important to provide people with the confidence uh, with the, the vision for what could be, and sometimes the encouragement, because it's hard. You know, it's hard if you're tired to get up at, at five in the morning to do your classwork. And, and the ability to say, you know what, you're so close. You're going to get through this. Let me tell you what this is going to look like. Um, and uh, so I, I mentioned that because a lot of times we like to say, well, can people just take a class online and get a job? But, you know, a lot of the people that we work with, that's just not a realist, realistic expectation. And for there's another big thing that you're working on now as well. So there's a a, a big conference in the wings. So would you are you are you at liberty to talk about it now, or is it still in the works? Would you oh, like to no, share? Oh no, sure, it? we'd be happy to talk about it. We've got something called the Rising Together Action Summit uh, that's going to take place on on May 9th. 
And uh, it's a convening of, uh, of a number of people from various areas uh, talking about the issues and opportunities in workforce development. So, um, uh, you know, uh, I have the pleasure of, of kicking it off with Kent Walker, who's the uh, president of global affairs and, and chief legal officer at Google and Alphabet. And then we're going to begin working with a number of people who serve in a number of uh, areas of workforce development, actually providing services. There are a number of employers there who are uh, innovating. Uh, in, in both how they hire and how they train people. They're gonna be people from uh, various uh, senior government roles who are um, uh, working to address the problems on a much, much greater macro level. And, uh, and, and very exciting, we'll have uh, one or two people there who've gone through our programs and seen success. And uh, uh, so we'll get to be able to, to um, See, you know, hear, hear the stories from individuals, uh, which is so critical for all of us because that's where we see it come alive. And, and I noticed there's a number of people who are kind of you know, government, you know, officials and labor and, and um, your background just, to, and I did it, I neglected to introduce you in terms of all you've done because I don't want to take up all that time because you have a lot of accomplishment. But maybe you could share a little bit about like your background, how you got to where you are, because a lot of people who, you know, watch and listen, you know, um, you know, to this podcast are, are really concerned about their career, what to do and how to pivot and how did they, how to get to some, you know, how to get to that next step in their work life, you know? Yeah. So how did you end up being a CEO of Goodwill? That seems like it has to be an interesting story behind it. Yeah, well, there are a lot of elements that went into it. I started out, I got out of college, I got an MBA, I went to work on Wall Street, like a lot mm -hmm. of people do, right? And learned finance mm -hmm. and then went into the corporate world and I was a, a CFO and uh, later I became a CEO. Um, in the middle of that, there, there are a couple of things I'd mentioned. When I was uh, um, working in New York City uh, in finance, I used to spend my weekends with kids in the inner city and mentoring, tutoring just spending time with them. And it just gave me a great window into the plight of young people growing up in very difficult situations and how they are formed because of the influences around them. And so not only do they have difficulty getting access to networks and access to opportunities because of where they've, they've grown up, but they also are growing up around a very different set of surroundings. So, um, uh, and, and those surroundings are very formative. Well, many years later, uh, I went to you know, work uh, in the federal government. I ran two federal agencies, the Small Business Administration and later HUD. Well, HUD especially, and to an extent the Small Business Administration, uh, works a lot with people um, who have challenges and in many cases um, are living in intergenerational poverty. And it was, it was an opportunity for me to say, you know, those kids that I worked with many years ago in the city, some of them were able to break out and, 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 and land on a different path for a different kind of future from, than, than, than where they started. But many of the people I'm working with now, when I was you know, in the government, are people who didn't and uh, whose lives never change and, and uh, who, um, you know, uh, 
I used the early, earlier I used the phrase uh, living on the outside, looking in. And so I really developed a heart to serve adults um, who had gotten to a certain point in life and just did not know how to change the trajectory of their future. So I became much more involved in through philanthropy and volunteer work in those causes. Um, the, the other side story for me is, you know, I grew up in a family where both of my parents were very, very poor. And, um, you know, to the, you know, and both of them having experienced, you know, hunger. Um, my father was born in a coal mining camp in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, they lived in a, a little shack. Uh, they used to joke about how they could see outside without looking through the windows because the, the, the wallboards didn't connect. And, uh, you know, no, no electricity, no plumbing, no heating. He left school in ninth grade to go work in the foundries. And, um, and in that family, I'm one of 41 grandchildren. Think about that. Wow. So, so I can see <laughs> through my own generational history and through my own, you know, my cousins and, 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 and people in my own family, what the different pathways forward were and what could have happened or what could not have happened. And for me, I was just incredibly blessed. I, you know, first of all, I had, you know, my parents were just incredible encouragers, even though, you know, they didn't come from much. Uh, I went to a solid public school, but then, you know, uh, I got recruited by a, a top university. They made it financially possible for me to go there and sort of the waters parted. And then a, a company offered to put me through a, a terrific business school. And as I mentioned, at 25 years old, I found myself working on Wall Street. And while I was on assignment in Hong Kong, staying in, you know, one of the best known hotels in the world, working on this fancy project, my dad was an unemployed factory worker back in Wisconsin. And so I, I tell that story because my own pathway and my own experience juxtaposes um, what access and support and opportunity did for me that put me in a fundamentally different place than so many of the other people in my family. And, and, um, and many of the people that we serve um, start out with so many hurdles that were much, much greater than anything I would have ever seen. Um, and they need that access. They need that support. They need, um, they need us to walk alongside them and help them uh, to that next level. But there's, there's every bit of talent and opportunity and energy um, for people to change the trajectory of their own lives. So it's both, it's both what I've experienced in life, uh, but it's also uh, very much linked to my own personal history. It's kind of, isn't Steve, it's, it's really what used to be called, and I, it still is now to me, the American dream where, okay, your parents or grandparents, whenever they came over here, you know, worked hard, really hard, had to sacrifice. But then look at yourself that you were able to, to really do some fantastic things, you know, have some meaningful work on Wall Street and now give, you know, also meaningful work, but also giving back. And that's, that's an amazing story. That's an amazing art. Um, how, how happy were you, like, how are your parents when they're, they're seeing their son flying up to Hong Kong and, you know, they were, you know, your dad was a coal miner. They lived in that shack that you're talking about. Did that just got to blow their mind? Like, how are they even able to process that? 
Well, so I was one of five kids <laughs> and they were always very, uh, very uh, disciplined about saying is, right. you know, we are, we, we uh, were equally proud of everyone in the family right. and, and they had reason to be equally proud of, of everyone in the family. All my siblings, uh, you know, did great things. Um, but um, I think they, um, it's funny. Sure, you know, sure they were they were happy for me, um, but my conversation with my mother would more likely have been, "Are you working too hard? You don't have to be. <laughs> Maybe you should take an easier job. Why don't you move home? Uh, you know, uh, why are you flying so much? What's wrong? Why are you flying so much? Stay at home. You have kids. But, uh, you have family. What are you doing? You have enough money. So." It yeah. was, I, I think one of the greatest joys along the way, though, was to, uh, because of my service uh, in Washington, was to, you know, they had an opportunity to meet the president uh, and chat with him. He was very congenial uh, person. Now, which which uh, president is this? It was uh, President Bush 43. Yeah. And um, Wait, Fred, that was the first Bush? That was the second Bush. Second, okay. The second Bush, yeah. Who was yeah. who's who's um, a very lively, very funny personality, and loves loves meeting people and chatting with them and connecting with them, and uh, uh, and so for them to have that opportunity and just sort of normalize it all was was really special for me. Yeah, that had to that had to be a wild thing coming from where you you know grew up and what you know your family's like, and now you're in the White House. <laughs> do, do, do you ever do you take a do you ever take a step back and say, "Wow, this this is wild"? I never thought that this would happen. Well, sure. I think it gets to my earlier comment. Is is you know um, you know I'm I'm you know you know my grandfather was a coal miner and you know I sat on the cabinet. I mean now that doesn't that that happens only because I was given opportunities. I was given access. The chips fell my way. Now, granted, I worked hard along the way. You know I I I you know you know hopefully uh, you know some of you know it wasn't all luck. You know but 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 a lot of it was luck. Right. And that's when I when we go to when I meet people and I see the opportunities that they have in front of them, like I know that's possible for so many people uh, or some version of that. And um, so, yes, I'm I'm sort of amazed uh, that it all worked out. Um, I also am very cognizant that it may not have happened that way and it may have happened very, very differently. And that there are other people uh, who may have had the exact same pathway if they'd been given the opportunity. And that's why uh, I feel so important that it's so important for us to be committed to giving people opportunity to reach their potential. Yeah, I love that because it's it shows that you could come from humble beginnings and literally had a shack you know, that you lived in, but hard work, dedication, motivation, and yeah, it's crazy how luck does play into it. I hear that from a lot of people who I speak with, you know, being in the right place at the right time, and it kind of comes together. So if you're fortunate, you have all those, you can have great success. But then maybe if you don't have all of them, some of them, you can still do really well, too. So you that can still do really well, but you need access. Yeah. Um, you know, you need, you need to be able to um, uh, develop yourself, uh, and you need a vision for what a path could look like. And um, that's, those are game changers for people yeah. who are looking to move forward with their lives.
You know, because I, I think that's so important because what I find out, but what I see, we all see this on social media and, and, you know, you'll hear where people will understandably be very frustrated with their lives, with their work, and it's understandable. And they'll look at people who are super successful and think, oh, wow, that was really easy. Or they, you know, were born into it and what have you. But when you really look at a lot of successful people, they come from modest means and they just work really hard and they go at it. But that's good because it shows anyone can do it. You know, it shows that if you apply yourself, if you're motivated and you want to learn, it seems that's, so it sounds like in addition to the hard skills that you're teaching people with the upskilling is to say, hey, we have faith in you. A lot of people never hear that. You know, you yeah. were fortunate with your family. I was, I was fortunate with my parents. They were very encouraging as well. But a lot of times parents aren't that encouraging or they just don't know themselves and they don't know how to help and nurture. So they need it from other people so that your organization could help foster that, right? And they could I help them learn such, and, and, and evolve, right? And Jack, grow. that's such an important point. Uh, one, of the, one of the most important factors in my story was two loving parents that, that may not have known kind of how to direct me, yeah. um, but they did know uh, that education was a path out. I heard that every day of my life, <laughs> education is the path out. Yes. And, um, and they encouraged me and they believed in me uh, and they supported me. And uh, many of the people in our, that we serve did not have that. Um, and, yeah. uh, and kids growing up, I mean, think about, you know, a kid who grows up in the Austin family of, or the Austin neighborhood of Chicago with, you know, violence, you know, uh, you know, poor educational system, yeah. a potentially difficult family system, um, you know, you know, a 11 year old boy who gets beat up on the way to school unless he joins a gang to protect himself. I mean, we don't, we have to, we have to, we have to dignify the challenge. We have to understand the challenges that people face mm -hmm. and dignify who they are because of those challenges if we're going to help them the right way and, and understand what it takes to help a person move forward based on the challenges that they've had in their lives. And, um, uh, you know, we see it, right? it's, uh, it, it's actually uh, second chance month uh, uh, right now where, um, you know, many, many of us are recognizing people who've, uh, you know, had a history with the justice system and who've, who've moved forward in life. And, you know, I think that's a group of people whose challenges have been just remarkable. You know, uh, somebody who's, who's led a life uh, that's, ended, that's, you know, for one reason or another uh, resulted in their ending up in incarceration, then maybe an incarceration for many years, and then they come out with no money, no house, uh, no network, and no job. And we say, we say, well, okay, now you got to get a job and move on. Well, well, come on, come on. Like, yeah. you know, let's, let's look at that person. Let's look at the potential there, but let's be realistic about the support they need to move forward in life. And if, and if they can get that support, oh my gosh, those are the stories. Yeah. Uh, those are the stories that just sing um, because, uh, uh, you know, people have to overcome so much, but their lives are changed so dramatically. And increasingly we're seeing through, 
you know, um, surveys uh, and, and many case studies that companies who hire people who've had an, uh, a history with the justice system often find their best employees because they're loyal. They're so thankful for the job. They want that community and they want to succeed on a different path. They don't, you know, um, so, you know, I know I'm going down a path here, but uh, we've got to understand who people are and what their needs are and what, what they've dealt with in life. And if we can support them relevantly, um, the success rates can be enormous. And, uh, and we, we can address, I think, many of the problems in our society through this pathway into meaningful employment with the right kind of support. I love that. That's great. So how about this? Is there a way if people want to help out, whether it's through a donation, whether through its time, whether through its, you know, I'd be glad to help out with career coaching. I know that well. So, so if there's yeah. other ways to do it, how can people get in touch with you or your organization to say, hey, you know what? I really believe in this cause. I think I agree with Steve in that if, you know, people could learn, you know, these digital skills and this way they can improve their lives and make it better for their family. Hey, I'm all for that. I want to help. I want to contribute somehow. Yeah. What can they do? Well, first of all, we love our donors and we love our shoppers. So okay. uh, keep that up because um, a very important part of that store network is number one, the jobs it creates uh, for people who need them, but also uh, any excess profits from those stores uh, are available to fund workforce development or other programs. And so uh, it's a very it's a very rich uh, social enterprise model. Um, uh, that's number one. Uh, number two, you know, uh, uh, if you know people who need support, or if you have employers that are looking to hire people, contact your local Goodwill. Uh, we have 155 territories uh, in North America. Those are um, uh, hyper local uh, organizations. They're they're independently organized. Um, many of them are just deeply embedded in the communities. In fact, I'm, I'm flying out to Tacoma in the morning to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of that particular uh, local organization. And, and So you still fly around. You still don't rest. <laughs> I still fly around, and I love to go to, you know, all the action is at the local level. You know, yeah. we, we get to support the local uh, organizations nationally through a lot of really important supports. Um, but the action uh, is, is, is on the ground. And so I, I love getting out there and uh, supporting them and meeting their people and, and in many cases, collaborating with them. But um, I, I think the most important thing is to connect locally. And uh, I guess the third thing is we, we do work with uh, a number of corporations who uh, can partner with us at the national level uh, to support our local organizations. I, I, you know, I, it, just in this discussion, I've mentioned uh, two of our most important mm -hmm. corporate partners, Google and Accenture, both of whom have supported our job training programs and hired our graduates to great success. And um, our corporate partnerships, uh, you know, you know, are kind of far reaching. Sometimes people fund us, sometimes people give us, uh, put their labor uh, in house for six months to help us out with with problems or challenges or opportunities. And sometimes people um, will hire uh, the people that we train and develop. So those partnerships are important to us. That's fantastic. And to go back to the conference for people who want to either come in person or watch it through a live stream, how can they do that? 
So are you, I'm sorry, if you, are you talking about uh, reaching our local organizations? Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was switching gears a little bit for the conference. Okay. I'm sorry, oh, we'll go back to the conference. Yeah, so if they want to either come in person or is there the opportunity to watch it live, to see a live stream? Yeah, so um, if you would like to get a, um, a live stream, I'm going to give you an email address. You can email us at risingtogether at advoke8.com. That's advoc8.com. That's the number eight. And uh, we can get you connected with um, uh, an invitation to a live stream. Fantastic. What we could do, Steve, is you know at the end of this you know, podcast, we could put on all that information so that people know how to reach you and. Uh, and this way, kind of get the word out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm really so happy that you were on the podcast to talk about this because, you know, Goodwill is doing a fantastic job helping so many people. I didn't realize just how I know we spoke in the past, but still the enormity of the organization is, is unbelievable. And the work you're doing to help people is amazing. And particularly with upskilling in this environment because this is this is such an important thing for people so they don't get left behind and also i love your own career arc i mean that's a great story it's a you know that's a like you know a typical not to, uh, an american success story hey from 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 you know meager means in a way to jetting around the world heading up a great organization and it shows that hey you can do it. And it's, I think hearing those stories are empowering people to feel, Hey, Steve seems like a nice guy. I, if he could do it, I think I could do it too. <laughs> you know, and I don't mean any of this, but you know what I'm talking about? Like you say, huh? Yeah. You yeah know, believe hi. me, if I can do it, a lot of people can do yeah, it. Yeah. You know, he looks <laughs> like, I, you know, I think I could do it too. And it, it is, it's, it's motivational that you feel like, you know what? All right. I'm going to try it. I was holding off doing X. I was holding off and trying to get a new job or ask for a promotion or ask for a raise or, you know, maybe pivot to a new industry or maybe learn how to code. And I was afraid to do it, but you know, let me give it a shot. So this is, this is what's so great about these conversations because you know, there's so much negativity in the world that you don't need more of it. You need more of people like yourself who are saying, hey, here's things we're, we're doing. We're trying to make it better. We make the world better, help people out, help improve their lives. Get someone who came to this country and didn't speak English, was in a domestic, unfortunate, horrible situation, but rose above it. And, and, and now is it working at Accenture? I mean, that stuff is fantastic. It's, it's, it's fantastic because it shows that these things are possible. And that's what we need now. I think we need more of these kind of stories. So I was so excited to have you on and so glad, you know, Steve, that you're able to share it and excited to uh, excited about the conference as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. As you can tell, uh, I could talk about this all day long, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think every one of us uh, has an opportunity to believe more in people and believe in more in the possibilities for people. And if we can give them the right kind of support and the right kind of access, I think we can, we can solve so many problems in our society by just um, investing in, in people's potential. Well, that's great. That's a great way to wrap it up. Well, Steve Preston, thank you, CEO of Goodwill. Thank you. And also a fantastic person. Thank you so much. Have a, have a great weekend and day. Hey, and soon, uh, before you know it, there's going to be an awesome con conference as well. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Right, bye bye. Bye.